The cancer journey is unique for everyone. It's time to figure out our new normal, and there's no one-size-fits-all manual. Welcome to Unspoken Cancer Truths with Jen Cochran, because surviving is just the beginning. Welcome to episode 25 of Unspoken Cancer Truths. Hi, I'm Jen Cochran. My guest today is Linda Graziano. Linda learned at the early age of eight what it was like to be a sibling of a young cancer patient and survivor. Of her immediate family of nine, she's watched six of her family members battle different forms of cancer, including stage four lymphoma, myeloma, thyroid cancer, lung cancer, skin cancer, and brain cancer in the form of a glioblastoma. She understands the impact that cancer has on the entire family and their community of friends. We'll also be talking about her nomination as one of Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's 2020 Women of the Year. That fundraising event is now underway. In a valiant effort to support the research efforts of LLS and help more than 1.2 million Americans living with blood cancers, she and her amazing team have created a journal entitled Canvas of Hope that they're selling with a goal to raise over $150,000. I'm looking forward to having her share her story with you today. Welcome, Linda. I'm so excited to have you here today. I know you've been nominated for Leukemia Lymphoma Society Woman of the Year. And for that fundraising campaign, I would love for you to share a little bit about that. And also, what has brought you to this place where you're so passionate about this cause? Well, wonderful. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you for having me here today. I um, really appreciate the question. And I'm, I'm really quite honored that uh, a dear friend of mine, um, Mark Ingreo, who is the CEO and president of the Northern Virginia Builders Industry Association and former president and CEO of the Greater Reston Chamber of Commerce, he actually nominated me for uh, this incredible opportunity with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society's Man and Woman of the Year. Um, which is an annual event for those people who are not familiar with it. Uh, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society raises over $350 million uh, a year through a number of efforts that they put out, like you may have heard of Life the Night. Well, they also do um, the Leukemia Ball, which is coming up around this time of year. And then we have the Leukemia Lymphoma Society's Man and Woman of the Year. And this year, there are, I believe, 27 total candidates, so I'm, I'm one of 27, and our goal this year is to raise $3.5 million. Last year, the group effort was $2.8 million, so now they've raised it up to three point five. and I'm really excited to be a part of what I think is like a really cool group of uh, people. Although we are competing against each other, we're really competing against cancer. And we want to win by raising this sort of money and in accepting this nomination back in September of last year, I did a number of things. One is I really had to come to terms with what my why is, and I'll be, I'll be sharing that with you in a little bit. But I also wanted to do my due diligence to make sure that this is a bona fide, great way that people can participate and give money that actually goes to a great cause. 
And through my research, I was able to find some really pretty staggering statistics that people may not be aware of. Um, first off, 84% of all the money raised goes to research, advocacy, and access or education. So for those families, um, the biggest lion's portion of all the money raised around the country goes for researching and finding cures for blood cancer. 40% of all FDA-approved cancer treatments actually comes from blood cancer research. And I'll share with you why that means something to me in just a little bit. But in looking at the bigger scale of things, every three minutes, someone in the United States is diagnosed with a blood cancer. And every 10 minutes, somebody dies from blood cancer. Those are pretty big numbers. And you think about that impact. But one of the things, in addition to the 40% of all FDA-approved cancer treatments come from blood cancer, is that cancers that are affecting children today, like lymphoblastic leukemia, actually, 40, 50 years ago, a child only had a 5% chance of survival rate. Now that rate is 90%. And it's knowing that they're, uh, they are moving closer to finding cures and extending lives through various different things that we know that they're putting good money to great use. Absolutely. Across the board with blood cancer, LLS has made amazing strides in the last 15 to 20 years. The overall survival rate for a majority of blood cancers has gone from 50% to close to 90%. So the work they're doing is amazing. It is, it, you're absolutely right. It is truly, truly amazing. And I'm, I'm really excited to be in the position to help. And the, why this means so much to me is that um, I was just eight years old and my younger sister was seven when we were playing, like all children do. And um, we were playing and I noticed she had this big, huge lump on her neck. And my mother took her to the doctors the next day. And within a day later, she was admitted into a hospital uh, in New York where, we, where I grew up. And she was admitted into Columbia Presbyterian Hospital City in a hospital in New York City. And she was diagnosed with stage four lymphoma. She went through um, her, all her cancer treatments, chemo and radiation. And then uh, my mother took her on a pilgrimage to Lourdes, France. And that's a whole nother story really to be favored on another day. They returned from their trip and my sister survived a real miracle given that this happened so many years ago and she has two children they're teenagers and um, so she survived then I had a, another brother who was diagnosed with thyroid cancer about 15 years ago and that's a very a much more treatable form of cancer he was treated and and survived and he went on to have a child which is great news and then we have another brother that was diagnosed in 2015 with a grade four glioblastoma, one of the deadliest kinds of cancer diagnosis that one can, uh, can receive. And he survived well past the 12 months that he was given to live. And through the efforts of a clinical trial, actually two clinical trials that came out of blood cancer research using immunotherapies, which we're going to hear a lot more about in the coming 
months and years, that it actually extended his life. My brother lived 30 months with an aggressive form of brain cancer, um, but um, unfortunately did pass away. It'd be two years uh, this March. And while he was fighting for his life, we have another sibling who was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, which is a, another form of blood cancer. Blood cancers include lymphoma, leukemia, myeloma, and Hodgkin's. So I have a younger sister who had lymphoma and a, a brother who uh, is fighting myeloma and a brother who benefited from research that came out of clinical trials from the blood cancer uh, research vault, if you would. And, and now the FDA has approved those immunotherapy treatments he received and are now being accessible for other people uh, today as they've now been approved through the FDA. That's fantastic. When we look at the, my family, I have a, both my parents are still alive. My mother has uh, lung cancer and my father had a little bout with uh, skin cancer last year, which was removed and he's doing well. So out of my immediate family of nine, fam, you know, seven kids and the parents, roughly 70% of my immediate family have fought cancer, um, are currently fighting cancer. So my hope is that through the dollars that we raise, we'll be able to see a better, clearer path for the sibling of mine with myeloma, which right now there's no real cure. It's one of the newer ones, if you would, that's being treated. So my passion is really fully to do whatever I can to raise as much money as possible. That's great. So it's interesting, the genetic research that's going on as well, because there are a lot of things that we don't have clear genetic causal linkage for, but with all the genetic and genome research that's happening, we're getting more information. So it's really excellent. I Leukemia Lymphoma Society is such a great organization. I did the Disney World Marathon Weekend with them back in 2011. My cousin was diagnosed in 2010 with um, large cell Burkitt's lymphoma Ooh. at 27. Wow. So I ran that event in, in her name as my, my person that I was running for and raising money for. And she definitely benefited from LLS as an organization during her treatment as well. And she now has a daughter and has been cancer-free. That's, so, that's really great. It's, it's really important, important work. It certainly is. And I, in it, and like, just because I can see you, I see that, you know, I see the smile on your face and I can only imagine how good it felt to actually be able to help her and to give to such a, a worthy cause, you know? Well, and to train with such a vast group of people who had all been touched by cancer for the majority of people who were training with LLS, we were in a group training program. They do different types of those programs as well as Light the Night and the Gala and Man and Woman of the Year. They also tra help train people for endurance events where you fundraise and then you get your entrance into the event and you're with a team of people and you go on a weekly basis and train with those people and you get to know them and you get to know 
about their families. And one of the people that was one of my buddy runners that I ran with, his daughter was a leukemia survivor. So they had been through that journey and that was his connection to LLS. And one of the other girls was a staff member at LLS. Um, and another was, had, had several friends who had been affected by blood cancers. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's such an inspirational experience to be with people who have walked that journey and to be, I live away from a lot of my family members here being here in Virginia and having grown up in Massachusetts. So it was kind of a way that I could do something to give back, even though I was at a distance. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. And I, I, you know, I, I can relate to that growing up in New Jersey where my whole family lives. I'm the only one who doesn't live in the state of New Jersey. So I'm really excited about this opportunity, but I also can do fundraising in New Jersey, which I plan on doing. And um, my campaign, um, I have an amazing group of people who are helping and we're so excited that we've, we've named our campaign called Canvas of Hope. And it's um, based upon um, the idea that we're, we're in the process of writing a book and the book should be done any day within probably the next two weeks. And the book is also called Canvas of Hope. And we've taken some key inspirational words and we've done art around those words. So we have words like imagination and miracle and gosh, there's so many, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank because I'm so excited about it. And looking at the book all coming together with these beautiful illustrations, the word, and even a sentence. So um, some of them are kind of comical. And the whole just behind the book is that it's to inspire wellness, to inspire people to find humor and uh, joy within the book. And we hope that the readers will also be an active participant because it also acts as a journal. So while you can look at this beautiful um, illustration, you'll have your own space to, to contemplate and think through what does that word mean to you? Uh, another word or goal. So no matter where you are, you can still have your goals and you can still look to receive and to give and, um, and to really participate in the book. And so um, our goal is to sell a lot of books and to raise a lot of money. I know that's kind of leaving it out there, but we think that through the vehicle set by the book and some other events, we can raise a lot of money and a lot of awareness too, because while there's money that's being dedicated to finding cures and research, there's also money that's allocated for families that find themselves in financial hardship. I don't know if people knew that they're, they have access to helping get pay their bills and making, you know, if they had to choose between, can they buy that prescription or pay their electric bill? Well, there are um, avenues set up to help and support those families with those kinds of things. And also are simple things like getting to and from treatments. So there are a lot of ways that LLS helps in addition to the research that's being done to find cures. It's also trying to help people manage the things that we take maybe sometimes for granted, the day-to-day -day things that knowing when you have a an illness, how difficult it is to, to just do some of the simplest things. LLS is there to help. 
Absolutely. And I think one of the things about LLS as well, there's so many different types of cancer. And in a lot of cases, like in my case, breast cancer, that affects men and women, but it doesn't affect children. So with LLS, it encompasses the whole scope of all people. And there are a lot of children that are facing those challenges. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the book, um, Canvas of Hope, and the illustrations, most of which have been done by children, a lot of whom are going through this journey of cancer at very early ages. And also about talk a little bit about your experience being a child with siblings because I think there's a lot of perspective that can can be gained by that as well. So we will take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Stay with us. Hi, Jen here. I hope you're enjoying the show. When I finished treatment, I discovered survivorship was way more challenging than I ever expected it to be. There are a lot of things no one prepares you for. I attended one support group meeting and knew that was not for me. The more people I talked with, the more I realized I was not alone. This podcast is a forum for people to share their cancer stories from start to present. And my Facebook group is a gathering space for people to find positive inspiration on the not-so-positive days. In a community of people who understand the challenges of this journey, So come on over and join the Facebook group, Surviving is Just the Beginning, and be part of the conversation. When you see the question, how did you hear about us, be sure to mention this podcast episode. I look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back. I'm here with Linda Graziano, and we are talking about her work with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society and all the exciting things that are happening there. And I really want to circle back on, you shared at the beginning of the episode about your sister's diagnosis and being eight at the time of that diagnosis. And then um, you're one of seven children and you're number five in the group. And your sister is six, I believe. So you had four of your seven siblings have had experiences with cancer over the years. And then with both of your parents, you've experienced that both as a child and as an adult, having close family members diagnosed. So I would really like to have you share a little bit about that like perspective, both as a child and, and as an adult. Sure. That's a great question, Jennifer. Thank you, and thank you for being so sensitive to how you worded everything because, you know, it's it's still a bit raw, especially given we lost a brother two years ago. And, you know, as a child, I was only, I was eight, my, young, my younger sibling was seven. You don't really understand what's going on. And from a young child's perspective and being that we were so close in age, you look to that sibling who's getting all the attention, all the um, everything, signed footballs and basketballs from my older brother's uh, friends and 
you know, all these things that were given and you're not really quite sure what's wrong because you can't understand the, the potential fatality of having cancer. And I think as I have grown, I have now an understanding as to what happens to people when someone in their immediate life, be it a family member or close friend, as we had many, many, many close friends that I remember this was a long time ago and the gasoline was very difficult to come by in the early 1970s. And I recently met with a friend of mine from when we've been friends since we were probably five or six years old. And I met her mom and her over the holiday season at the end of last year. And I thanked her mother for everything that she did to help and support me. And I look around and I see that there was so much love and support from many people who looked to me to say, Linda needs a little support. And of course, my girlfriend's mother was always there to not only help me with getting me to all my sports events because I was very athletic, but she also helped you know, my mother to get into New York City because here's my mother still has six children to take care of and my father of course, and getting into the city, my friend's mother said, I would tell your mother, you know, just take the car, just take it and do what you need to do and take the gas because there were gas rations. And I am, I think one of the biggest things that I can say is I have an incredible sensitivity to my parents, my mother and father. And in fact, the dedication of my book is to my parents. The first, I have the several tier dedication because I feel that cancer touches everyone. It really, really affects the person who has that diagnosis. The parents who ha have to hear those words, your son or daughter or your child has cancer. No parent should ever have to hear that word, those words. And in particular, you know, my parents having heard it four times my heart and the amount of empathy that I have for my parents is unbelievable in any parent. And of course, the siblings that lose a, a dear um, brother or sister, it feels like there's a part of you that's been amputated when you lose a, a sibling. And there's, you know, not a lot that can, there's nothing that can take that away, really. So my understanding of what my parents go to, I think is, or what they felt and what they, I can't even imagine. So I have to say that my parents are pretty amazing people for what they have done and the love that they have continued to share with all of us, the ones who are, have been ill or not. They've been really, truly amazing parents and I'd want nothing more for them to not have to hear that ever again. Yeah, it's interesting with parents. I know with my diagnosis, I was 43, so not a, a child child, but still the child of someone. And I had started prepping my parents in advance. Mm. And my mom was the only person that asked. I was sort of technical about it. I had met with my surgeon. I said, okay, I got my biopsy results back. I'm meeting with the plastic surgeon on Monday. We're going to get surgery on the schedule. And she was like, is it cancer? And I was like, um, yeah. 
<laughs> and that was the end of the conversation. Like the ears closed. There was no more. Like I ended up phoning her the next day to to follow up because there was no more. The conversation was over. So I I can only imagine hearing that for a small child. Yeah, and and and, and it's it's just a devastating thing how many children are facing such a horrific, you know, battle and that the parents, I, I do remember, you know, you know, various different things being said and that, that, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, my mother would have wished it on her and not her own child. And I think that that's probably very common is that, and then they, just the pain of seeing your child go through such agonizing treatments and to know the the parents and the families were not alone and that there are people who are there to help and support people through the process and that there is hope. Absolutely. And with having so many siblings, it's very challenging as well because time and attention is kind of at a premium when there's seven of you. And that's a hard thing to reconcile as a, as a child. It is. It is very difficult to reconcile. And and in my adulthood, having another sibling, it puts things into perspective. And it certainly allows for a lot of gratitude. And, you know, I really, I have a practice of prayer, gratitude and forgiveness. And, and looking at all the things that we are so grateful for that, you know, we did have the extra time with my brother and my sister did survive. And so did my other brother. And now, you know, we're, my prayers are continual for another sibling. And I want to also forgive whatever shortcomings I might not have been given because I was a healthy child and to be really super grateful for everything that I have been given and to forgive whatever, way you might look at things and I think that that's so important that perspective and the book this book that we're doing hopefully will help to shift perspective in terms of where we are and what we're facing because the only thing we have is to live our best days no matter what we're facing and to give gratitude for the all the abundance that we do have even when we think we have nothing there are people who have far less and have other challenges and to know that we can find that ray of sunshine even in the difficult ones. And it's okay to feel the pain, the hurt, the loss, the, the grief, and the jealousy, if you want, if, if we're, you know, for thinking you're not getting something when you didn't get something, when, you know, and as a having that perspective and that look is to, is to be able to have that. And um, I'm really truly grateful that I have my family and the, I love them all and my parents who've been really amazing people throughout my lifetime. So I'm very, very grateful. I think children are so resilient as well. That's a so illustrated mm-hmm. in your book, Canvas of Hope. The photo or the so much of the art has been created by children going through these experiences and seeing their words right. of hope and gratitude and resilience and really seeing that embodied 
in kids, I think that that's one of the the beautiful things is their perspective is so different. And I, I love seeing that embodied in the book. That's a beautiful representation. It is. And it, and it's so heart touching. So the way the book is, um, so I've described, we have all these wonderful words uh, that are then illustrated uh, by children. And my sister-in-law who was married to the brother that passed away teaches budding artists art after school. And so what we did back in early January was we identified the words that we wanted to be done. And then over a period of time, she gave the words out to her students and they did the art on the words. And so that's, that's largely 31 of the total of 37 words. And also included in the book are words and stories by the boy and girl of the year, because there's always the man and woman of the year, but there's also the boy and girl. And we have a, a little five-year-old uh, Dylan and a six-year-old, her name is Ailey. His word was hope and her word is brave. And so they each have their piece of art and their story. So within the book, there are six stories, these two children, and then a young gal who was the 2014 girl of the year, her name is Riley. And what was, was really amazing about her story and how well it fits with this is that when she was going through her treatments, they brought her construction paper, crayons, finger paints. And it was through that, through her illness, that she discovered that she wanted to be an artist. And she delved into art to deal with her emotional, the, the, all the emotions that she was dealing with. And she actually has... Um, her story, as well as two pieces of art. And one of her pieces of art is called Acceptance. And it's um, a beautiful portrayal of a young girl going through her treatments. And it's really very, very touching. And her, her other um, sketch, these are sketches, is an angel. And it's called Protection. And um, it's just really beautiful. It's heartwarming. And then we have my sister-in-law who was married to my brother, her mosaic um, that she provided for the book. And that, the name of that one is called Life. And um, my brother always said life is a gift. And so he wants people to know that our, our life is a gift. And then we have our, our dear friend, Debbie Jo Wheatley, who's here in this immediate Northern Virginia area. And her word is freedom. And her beautiful watercolor is fish, beautiful color fish. It's absolutely an exquisite piece. Um, and then I did, I took my hand at uh, mindful, mindfulness painting. A dear friend of mine here in the area teaches this. And you basically work with a blank canvas and you see whatever materializes. And from that, putting paint on this canvas I looked at it and it looked like a butterfly and I had no intention of saying this is a butterfly. And what came to me was the word transformation. And I think that it's such an appropriate word that not only does a serious illness transform someone into so many things that they would have never thought, but actually stepping up to do this man and woman of the year, I think is really transformational and you know, you want to do a great job and you know, in order for us to raise the kind of money we're looking at, 
it's going to transform people because you have to become something because you've, you've never done it. You, you're going to become something because of what you're doing. And that I feel so excited about. And the book is such a representation of so many things to find joy, even in the, the hardships. Yes. That is so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing your journey with this next chapter. I want to let everyone know that in the resources, you can click on canvasofhope.org or just put that in your browser, canvasofhope.org. The competition, so to speak, opens uh, March 26th and closes June 6th, and you would be able to Purchase the book that we've been talking about, which is a contribution to Leukemia Lymphoma Society. They do amazing work. So very happy to help spread the word about that. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your experiences. It's, it's always very humbling for me to hear other people's stories and be able to witness your journey. So thank you so much for sharing that with me today. Thank, and thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share what it was like in my experience. So I'm really, very grateful. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thanks again to Linda for sharing her story and the story of her family's ongoing journey with cancer. Being an adult with family members facing cancer is challenging. Being a child with immediate family members facing cancer is a whole different situation. Since we recorded this episode, the unfolding of COVID-19 has shifted the schedule of the fundraising window for Man and Woman of the Year with LLS. The effort now closes on July 18th. Just two days ago, on Monday, May 25th, 2020, for those listening at a later date, Linda kicked off a 15-day summit. I'll be appearing along with other business leaders and cancer survivors as we share our significant words of hope from the book Canvas of Hope. If you're listening via my website at unspokencancertruths.com, you can find a link to register for the summit as well as links to purchase your copy of Canvas of Hope and a link to my Canvas of Hope gift, Nine Ways to Ask for and Receive Help. Because asking for help is hard, but it doesn't have to be. That's our episode for this week. I will be back on June 10th when my guest will be Jessica Walker. She will be sharing her story of how less than two months after their wedding, she and her new husband received some life-changing news and the interesting road that that has led them on. Jessica shares their discoveries and unspoken cancer truths. Thanks for listening and have a great week.